if you would please turn to John chapter 5. John chapter 5. I am always trying to encourage people in this matter of knowing that you're saved because for this simple reason, if you don't know you're saved, uh, you'll never do anything for the Lord. Uh, you'll always doubt your salvation. You'll always be discouraged. The old devil will get you away. And I, I like what an uh, old preacher said years ago, the old devil knows which. You're chained to pull. And that's the truth. And he'll get you down if you don't know that you have eternal life. And so tonight I want to just speak to you a few minutes on this matter of eternal life, beginning in John chapter 5, and I want to begin to read in verse 24. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word, and believeth on him that sent me, hath everlasting life, shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Verily, verily, I say unto you, The hour is coming, and now is, when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that shall hear shall live. For as the Father has life in himself, so has he given to the Son to have life in himself, and has given him authority to execute judgment also, because he is the Son of Man. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming, into which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice. He shall come forth. They that have done good under the resurrection of life. They that have done evil under the resurrection of damnation. I can of mine own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is just, because I seek not mine own will, but the will of the Father which has sent me. If I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. There is another that beareth witness of me. And I know that the the witness which he witnessed of me is true. Ye sent unto John, and he bear witness unto the truth. But I see not testimony for man, but these things I say uh, that you might be saved. Uh, he was burning, uh, he was a burning and shining light, and you were willing for a season to rejoice in his sight. Father, I ask in Jesus' name now, in these next few moments, Help us to understand as much as you can give us order of knowledge of this matter of eternal life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There are ten things I want to give you tonight real quickly concerning this matter of eternal life. Many people believe there is, a, there is eternal life after this life, but they don't know how to obtain it. There are many who teach false ways in secure eternal life. Some believe it's gotten through water baptism. Some believe it's gotten by joining a church or some organization. Some believe if they do good deeds, they'll receive it. But the only source that any human being can know for sure how to obtain eternal life is from the Bible, the Word of God. Now, John chapter 5 and verse 26. For as the Father has sent life, had life in himself, so has he given to the Son to have life in himself. So we know where the, the source of life is. It's in the Son. God the Father is the source of eternal life. For as the Father has life in himself, the Bible says, 
so hath he given to the Son to have life in himself. So, if any person desires eternal life, he must go to the source from which it comes. It's not the preacher, it's not the church, it's not some organization, but it's God. God is the source of eternal life. Number two, the risen Christ is eternal life's channel. How do you get eternal life? You have to go through the channel, if you want to put it that way, of the Lord Jesus Christ. Turn over to 1 Corinthians now, and I'll show you what I'm talking about. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, I want to begin to read in verse 12. Now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen. And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain, and your faith is also vain. Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God, because we have testified of God that he is risen up Christ, whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ risen. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. You are yet in your sins. Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ appeared. In this life only we have hope in Christ. We are all men most miserable. Now, notice something. God the Father is the source. Jesus Christ is the channel. The only way you're going to get to God the Father is through the Lord Jesus Christ. And the only way that man can receive eternal life is through the risen Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, because He is the risen Savior. He has life in Himself. Now, the Holy Spirit is eternal life's power. In Romans chapter 8, verse 2, For the law of the Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit, of life in Christ, Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. It was the power of the Holy Spirit of God that convicted me of my sins and will convict anybody of their sins in my need for, for Christ as a Savior. And without that power, I'd still be in my sins and you'd still be in your sins. I, I laugh at people say, one of these days when I get ready, I'm going to get saved. No, you won't. You'll get saved when the Holy Spirit deals with you. And that's only through the Word of God. You don't just up one day and say, I'm going to get saved. Uh, you come to, God will move you to sit under the Word of God because the Bible says in Romans 10, 17, for you come by here and hear by the Word of God. For instance, when I got saved, I went on a dare to hear this preacher preach. I had no intention of getting saved. I had no intention of doing anything, but I just went there on a dare. And when that preacher began to preach, the Holy Spirit reached out and got a hold of my heart. And that's exactly how it works. The power to eternal life is the Holy Spirit. We don't have that in us. Notice again, we have the Holy Spirit in us after we're saved, but not before. So we don't have that power. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that does the work that draws us to Christ. And verse number four, faith is the receiver of eternal life. In John 3, verse 36, says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see light, but the wrath of God abideth on him. And you go ahead and make fun of faith in Christ. Make fun of the Word of God, the Bible. Make light of His church. But the Bible says it's a fearful thing to fall in the hand of an angry God. 
the wrath of God waits on all those who do not believe. Jesus is the very Son of God in flesh. And without faith in Him, you cannot have eternal life. So Jesus Christ's uh, faith is the receiver of eternal life. When you put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, that's where the receiving of eternal life comes from. Number five, fruit is the evidence of having eternal life. I laugh at this people that says you can't know you're saved. Oh, yes, you can. Turn over to Romans now. Romans chapter 6, and I'm going to read you some verses beginning in verse 18. Romans chapter 6, verse 18. Being then made free from sin, you became a servant of righteousness. I speak after the manner of men, because it firmly you flesh. For as you have yielded your members' servants to uncleanness, and iniquity, and iniquity, even so now you, your members, service to righteousness unto holiness. Notice that word now in verse 19. You were in your sin, but now you're not. You're in Christ Jesus. And because that you yield your members, once you yielded your members to sin and unrighteousness, but now in Christ Jesus, for verse 20 now, for when you were servants of sin, that was before you were saved, for when you were servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. What fruit had you then in those things whereof you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now, that since you've been saved, but now being made free from sin and become servants to God, you have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages is death, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, what is the fruit that he's talking about here? If you go over to the book of Galatians, you'll find the fruits are mentioned there of the Holy Spirit. And it's love, peace, joy. Uh, you don't hate people. You begin to love people. You begin to talk right. You begin to dress right. You begin to do right. That's a fruit. I don't want to do the old things I used to do. I don't want to go to the old places I used to go. And so on. And that's a fruit of the Holy Spirit. What made me different than I was the night before I got saved to the, night I, to the day after I got saved? Something in me did not want to do those old things. And I can know by that fruit that I have eternal life. So the Holy Spirit is eternal life's power. Uh, the faith is the receiver of eternal life, and the fruit of the Holy Spirit in us is the evidence. Christ Himself is the embodiment of eternal life. In First John, I'll turn over there for just a minute, and I'll read you some verses there. In First John chapter five, verse twenty, verse twenty, and we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we may know Him that is true, and we are in Him that is true, even in His Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Notice, if you would please, that Jesus, or God the Father, is the only one that can give you understanding of what took place in you when you got saved. That's evidence of being saved. I know how I got saved. When I come across the verse in the Bible says, I know in whom I have believed and am persuaded he is able to keep me against that day. Amen? Now, I didn't have that understanding before. 
but I have it now. And so uh, Christ himself is in the bottom of eternal life. And then, number seven, glory or heaven is a manifestation of eternal life. Colossians 3, verse 41, or verse 4. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory or heaven. Now, I ain't got to heaven yet. I don't have that glory, amen? But it's already mine. God's already given it to me. I'm not going to lose that. And so that's the manifestation or the showing forth of eternal life. One day, we'll see God in all His glory. Eternal life is eternal life's duration. Eternity. How long will eternal life last? John 10, verse 28. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Amen? Now you, you think about that. When we've been there 10,000 years, we've just begun. How old will a man be in eternity? I don't know. But I know this. Uh, there's no growing old there. You cannot die there. So how long is eternity? It's forever. And it goes on and on and on. Union with Christ is eternal life's meaning. Now turn with me, John, back up, please, to John. Uh, chapter 6. John chapter 6 and uh, John chapter 6 and verse 51. John 6 verse 51. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. The Jews therefore strove among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily. Now, old preacher one time said, Anytime you see those words connected, verily, verily, pay attention. There's a doctrine of truth fixing to be stated. And so Jesus says to them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whosoever eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. As the living Father has sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. This is that bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna, and are dead. He that eateth of this bread shall live forever. Now the whole thing, he's not talking about eating his flesh as as being a carnival and eating his flesh and drinking his blood. We we receive his blood atonement by faith. Amen? Jesus died on the cross. He he gave his fleshly body for you and I. And my whole substance, my whole living, my whole eternity depends on his body and his blood being shed and dying for me. That's what it's talking about. And so that's the uh, eternal life is given to us, and that's the duration of it, eternity. And then union with Christ is eternal meaning that 
to have eternal life is to be with Christ forever. And the Bible says that we're to sup with Him. That's fellowship with Him. And so when uh, somebody says, How do you know God is real? I talked to Him this morning. Amen. How do you know God's real? Because He talked to me out of the Bible this morning. That's what He's talking about. That's something with Him. Uh, do you ever sit down around a table with people, uh, some good friends, and you finished eating, and you just start talking about the Lord around the table? There's nothing sweeter than that to me. And that's exactly what He's talking about. You can know you're saved. By he's our satisfaction. The last thing I want you to see about eternal life, the secret of eternal life is knowing God and His Son, Jesus Christ, as our Savior. John 17, verse 3. And this is life eternal, that they might know Thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom Thou hast sent. I've had people ask, you ever seen God? No, I don't. How do you know there is one then? Because I know Jesus. Amen. I know Jesus by faith. Now listen to that verse again. And this is life eternal, that they might know Thee, the only true God. How do you know God? Only through the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ, whom Thou hast sent. When you get to know Jesus, then you get to know God. His compassion, His love for you. I was laying last night in my chair and reading the Bible late in the night and just the presence of the Lord as you read the Bible and praying and studying God's Word and you realize that He's there with you. There's just something about it that I can't explain. And the most important question in this life for any person is, do you know Him? Amen. If you know Him, you have eternal life. Do you know Jesus Christ personally? Have you talked with Him personally? Have you confessed Him as your Savior to God the Father personally? That's knowing the Lord Jesus Christ. And knowing Him, you can know you have eternal life. If I have Jesus, I have eternal life. Amen? And that's what it's about. And I, I've, the one thing I love to do is give people the assurance of salvation. I had a, 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 a person came forward one Sunday in church and said, Preacher, I want to get saved. I said, well, tell me about it. And they began to talk to me. Now, I, I used to be saved. When I was, they gave me age one time, they came forward and they asked the Lord to save them. And I said, now, let me explain something to you. There is no two times getting saved. Amen? For this simple reason. Jesus died for you once and He'll never die for you again. So as far as getting saved once and then getting saved again and getting saved another time, no. I said, what you need is the assurance of your salvation. Let me explain what I'm talking about. You go back to the first time. Did the Holy Spirit deal with you? Yes, sir, I believe so. Uh, did somebody take the Bible and show you how to be saved by receiving Christ as your Savior? Yes, sir, they did. Did you mean it out of your heart when you asked Christ to save you in the first place? Yes, sir, I did. But I've done so many things wrong, and I know I feel like I've lost my salvation. No, you lost the assurance of your salvation. That's the difference. Come back 
The word backsliding is in the Bible. And by backsliding is, a, is a, the, the wholeness people have learnt the meaning of backsliding. Because they use the, the word backsliding like you're losing your salvation. No, it's getting away from the Lord. He will never leave you. When John chapter 16 tells us that when the Holy Spirit indwells your body, He will never leave you. He's always there. Now, let me show you something. If you get saved 40 years ago, and now you go through all these things in your life and bad things in your life, and you do bad things, He never leaves you. He's still there. What happened? You left Him. That's what makes the difference. And you know what he does? He stands with his arms outstretched and says, Come to me. I'll in no wise cast you out. And he won't. He won't turn your back on you. He's right there all the time. And I, I go back to a man years ago that I knew that got saved and he got away from the Lord. God called him to preach and he got away from the Lord. And I saw him later on. He had a long beard and he was dressed bad and he looked so bad. And uh, I said, what are you doing now? He said, I'm not sure there is a God. I'm not sure that the Bible is the Word of God anymore because some, something that some Christians had done to him and just discouraged him so bad that he got away from the Lord. And I said, I'm going to pray for you that you'll come back to the Lord. And about when we had one of our men's meetings like we fixing how our junior high, high school, he, he walked in. And he was all dressed in a suit. I said, what you doing now? He said, I'm back preaching. God threw him right back. I went to visit an old, old lady one time. She's way up in her age. And I, on her piano was five a picture of five men. And they're all dressed in their suits and ties and everything. And I said, is that your son? She said, yes, ma'am. And she said, let me tell you something else, too. They're all preacher boys. They're all preachers now. I said, can I ask you something? Was he always good? Oh, no. No. She said, I, they got away. But I claim a verse in the Bible. And that is, that they will come back. My word will not return unto me void. It'll work. And I prayed for them. And they all come back. And now they're preachers. So just because you backslide, and just because you get these fears and feelings in you, that you're, I wonder, am I still saved? I wonder, uh, am I right with God? That didn't take away your eternal life. You have that, but it takes away your fellowship. You can't pray. You can't read the Bible. You can't do spiritual things and enjoy them. I enjoy my Bible. I enjoy leading people to Christ. That's not work to me. That's a joy. I enjoy seeing. That's I wouldn't take nothing for that. But you can lose that. You can lose your joy. But you can't lose Christ. And you can't lose eternal life. It's a gift of God. Stand with me, please. Father, I thank you so much for saving us and loving us and taking care of us. And I ask you, dear God, if there's somebody listening tonight, somebody here tonight that's just discouraged and things not going right, and the old devil's sitting on our shoulders and wants to put doubts in their mind, they were even saved anymore. Now, Lord, I ask you to give them that assurance tonight. Bless us, we pray.
Because, Lord, it's a wonderful thing to know we have eternal life. Bless us in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to sing Mrs. 